This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Parishes are the parishes of transition um, into the Gula. And I'd like to focus on an Akuda about the Moshe um, Rabbeinu's beginning of his Shlichus and relationship to the Ovis, actually. So let's go back to Shmos, the end of Shmos, a minute. It says, Moshe um, Rabbeinu complained to Akadish Baruch Hu, and he said, told Moshe that now you'll see what's going to happen, but you won't see it later. So Rashi says, he's quoting Chazal actually, that Atatira, he says, Atatira, Tira, what happened to Paro you're going to see? But you're not going to see what I'm going to do to the to the uh, umos in 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 Canaan. It sounds as if this was Moshe Rabbeinu's punishment that he wouldn't go into Eretz Yisrael. It doesn't quite match up with later on, where you have the Chet of Meimariva, which is very clearly designated as the main Chet that Avram Avinu didn't go into Eretz Yisrael for. What Moshe? Sorry. Um, it's Israel because of the head of, of the Meimer River. So you could say you have many times something like of this nature where mitzvah is mitzvah, vera is vera. Because of this, something else happened. The Rambam says in Pirusha Mishnayis in Brachis that many times Akadosh Baruch Hu, when he wants to punish somebody, he's going to um, bring about an Avera. You know, as if somebody did an Avera that deserves a punishment, and a Kaddish Baruch who wants to be specific about what it is that it caused, he'll cause him to be even Avera, and that will become the Avera that he is punished for. So it could be understood in that way, that this was the first Avera, and then the second Avera was the prominent one that put a finger on it. This was a lack of a Muna, that's a lack of a Muna, it says, Yan Le'emantem be. But I don't think so. It doesn't quite sound like it. And it, 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 he was way before we're holding yet by any punishment that he's not going to go to Israel for. And until the point of Meimariva, it sounded very much like he's going to Israel. So what is it over here that we're talking about? What's the Atatira? I'd also like to try to understand a little bit about Akadosh Baruch Hu says to him, he's pointing out that the others would not have asked that question. It sounds like Akadosh Baruch Hu is not just complaining about Moshe um, Rabbeinu's shortcomings. He's not just telling Moshe Rabbeinu you don't have enough emuna. I mean, why would he tell Moshe Rabbeinu that you're not like the others? When colloquially, when we talk to somebody 
and we try to, um, you know, when, when you're a teacher or a parent, you say, well, if only you'd be as a good kid as so-and-so. It's not a very smart move pedagogically, it's not the great thing to do, but it, as we probably, anyone who's tried to do with his kids will probably, or his students know that, but at the end of the day, we, we, we blurt it out. It's very rarely a good thing to say somebody. What did Kashbaru say? Kashbaru wanted to fault him and say, Moshe Rabbeinu, it's, it's not appropriate. You should have more amuna. But what's the comparison to the Ovis? And he says, I really missed Ovis. Chaval de Avdol Mishakhe. What's the point of it? What is he trying to do? And, and Akadosh Baruch Hu tells him, I appeared to them with Kel Shakai and Shmi Hashem Lenadati Lehem. So you are going to have the Shem of Hashem. Uh, they had the Shem of Kel Shakai. And that's sort of, it, it means to emphasize that uh, certainly you should have acted differently. But, but I don't think so. I think there's, the, the Torah is trying to tell us here what is happening here and, and, and um, why it's happening here. So let's understand the following Nakuda. Torah and, and any relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but especially the relationship of Torah, via Torah, rests on two foundations. One foundation is called Emuna, and one foundation is called Yediyah. And in many ways, they contradict each other. Emuna means that I cannot support it by that which I understand. I can't prove it, um, and I certainly can't, I, 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 can, I, I certainly personally can't see it as axiomatic in any way. Whereas Yediyah means that I feel it intellectually to be true, whether it's intellectual in the sense that it adds up to things I know, or intellectually that I feel it to be axiomatic, to be self-evident, but I feel it to be true. So there are two, when, when we accept something as being true, we can accept it as idea, which means it's my personal conviction of the truth of it. For instance, if I tell somebody, can two items exist in, in one place at the same time, we'll all think about it a minute, we'll say impossible. And when I say I believe it to be impossible. I don't. The word "believe" is 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 a very very. Um, it's it, the, the the word is very loose in that context. I know it to be true. I know it means idea means a fundamental, intuitive sense that this is true. I feel it that way. When I have emuna, it's for instance. Let's say, I I have some sort of. Let's say I, I feel I don't know. I feel the chills. I feel very cold. I consult a doctor. And doctor says that you have this ailment, and what you need to do is take an ice bath. And I say, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm, I feel cold, and you tell me to take an ice bath. And he says, listen, I've been working 50 years on this disease, and I've cured everyone came to me, and this is what you got to do. So it's something that I intuitively reject. It doesn't sound logical to me, but I, since I believe this person, since, since at least... I understand this person to be of, uh, you know, to, to, to be in the right, to have reason to be in the right in this case. 
I trust him. So Yediyah is accepting something because of my own self-conviction, whether it's sort of axiomatic to me, or it just adds up based on axioms that I have, or something which I... Um, that's, that's Yediyah. And then there's emuna, which means I am basing it on someone else's assessment and idea, despite the fact that personally it's, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't ring a bell in any sense, and sometimes even rebel against it. There's an interesting Teferis Yisrael, Teferis Yisrael is a commentary on the Mishnah, he says a fascinating pshat, it says one of the memches devarim that Torah's nickness is emunas chachamim. So nobody, everyone uses the term colloquially, gets it wrong. Munas Chacham does not mean that if you go to a rabbi, he knows which doctor you should go for your ailment. He may know, may not know. Or, or if he builds a political party, then it's a great party, not a great party. He doesn't do it in Munas Chachamim. And Munas Chachamim, the Pashat of Munas Chachamim means that I accept the drushes and the Torah that Chazal have given us to be emes, that none of it had any personal um, input that in any way changed what they were macabre. They didn't give over to us anything in, in the Torah's name that really was their own feelings. That's what the word Emunus Chacham means. Um, so Emunus Chacham is an absolute necessity for, for being kind of Torah because if you don't have a sense that, that what Chazal gave us carried the full integrity of, of a Mesira, of, of Emes, then, then we don't have Torah. Then, then all Shas is gone. So, uh, I always tell people, you know, People who make the statement, the rabbis feeling this way decided to do this, my feeling is so pulp the shas, or uh, recycle it minimally. Uh, you know, th- th- there's no point in keeping something where people had their own personal input. It's, it's got nothing uh, it, to offer, unless you believe. That's the, the pressure shot of Verdamus Chachamim. The Teferis Yisrael adds a nuance to it, and he says... Emunas Chachamim, the Duggish is not on the word Emuna, but on Chachamim. He says, a fool believes anything anybody will tell him. Emunas Chachamim means he, he trusts the words of Chachamim. Recognizing the caliber of Chachmei Atayra, of Chazal, they, 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 so, so, so the Mem Chazal Nikmem is someone who places trust and faith only in a one or the one that deserves that, that trust and that faith. That's a, a side comment. Balkopanim, emuna means I am basing it on someone else's idea because I recognize that he's the one who would have the emiss and so on. So, of all the mitzvahs and anything HaKadosh Baruch Hu has told us, that Sivuyim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Avram Avinu and Yitzchak and Yaakov many mitzvahs. And even Kal Yisrael, before Matan Torah, we got many mitzvahs. But we never were given the ability, um, because we weren't given the Indian of Torah, to digest it and to absorb it and to make it part of our own understanding. We did it because we were told to do it. So we also had no event that was a personal experience of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We had much evidence to base um, a, a, a belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but it was never more than evidence. Like the Ramam says, uh, up until Matan Torah, our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu was always indirect. Um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had said, you will defeat 
these people, those people, we defeated them, he saved us from this tzara, that tzara, the other tzara. This, this is really good evidence, but it never was a clear connection. So the, the, the pillar that the others placed in Klai was emuna, And emuna means the, uh, the ability to recognize that that which I don't know and even that which seems contrary to that which I would would understand is actually can I can rely on Akarish Baruch Hu. Chazal give us a type of muscle to sort of flesh it out for us in in terms of Ram himself. It says until Vayera love. It says muscle. Somebody was walking along and he saw a um, a house lit up and he said. How could there be a house that's lit up without having a balabayas? Hits is a love balabira. In other words, there was a long process of evidence, of indirect exposure, and then, only then, was there a, a, a direct experience of some sort of nevuah. All of those nevuahs, compared to Maishra Benu's nevuah, are indirect experience. It's like one of them, I walk into a room and I see things laying around, and I say, the person who lives here must be this, this, this. That's the others before the first prophecy. Prophecy is as if the phone rings, and the owner of the house talks to you. And Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah was something akin to seeing in terms of the clarity of knowing what it is. So the one pillar that Torah rests on is Amuna. And that was what Ovis brought into the world. And that's what Ovis gave us. And we need to hold on to it, even now. And we'll explain why in a, in a minute. Moshe Rabbeinu starts a new process. And that process is the process of Torah. Torah means that I can become... So I can become so identified with with what Akharish Baruch Hu said and gave us that my thought process would be akin to Akharish Baruch Hu Kaviyachos Chachma. We have a halacha. I want to decide what's right, what's wrong. My decision becomes Torah. My meaning the Sanhedrin or, or, or people's Torah. In other words, their own sense of things becomes the emiss of Torah, which means because we have the ability that our own thought process should resonate it with Kaviyochel's Chachma in a way that we can say, this is emiss, this is, this is, is what HaKadosh Baruch wants, and this is Torah. All, all, the, all the Psakim that the Bezna Godels over the years have made have become part of our Torah without a memory. It, it, until the Dur of the Tanoim, until Ashik Nesak Dol, until the Enesakestola, we don't have names attached to it. We don't have a halacha, Boaz says so and so, Aftsen said so and so, Shmuel and Novi said so and so. It's all Hilchzegemir. So these are halachas, this is the dinim, and so on. Occasionally, Gemara says this is best in Shal Shmuel, best in Shal David, but Bedarach Klal, it's, 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 um, it became Tyra. So Tyra gave us the ability to have that type of das, where our own das becomes, so to speak, das. the two pillars of Avis and Amuna 
and Moshe Rabbeinu and 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 Yedia or Das, both of them are absolutely necessary for Tyra, and they both need to remain with us as such even now. Um, we 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 um, have the Torah. Our Torah starts with the Torah of the Avos, and we, and it, Torah starts with Lech Lecha in a sense. And and we have Sefer Brachos, which is this the Sefer of the Avos, and then we have the Sefer Moshe Rabbeinu. Chazal, what's the point of it? In other words, and these two and these two pillars of Emuna and and Yedia, where, how do they act in consort? To us, it seems to be almost mutually exclusive. If I tell you something, you're either taking it on faith, which means you don't feel that way, or you have no idea what to feel, and, and you're just trusting me, versus um, doing something because you understand, and that's, and, that's your, and that's your own understanding, and I see it that way. What do I need both of them for? So there's a Chazal, um, and Maral brings it in a few places. It's it's a it's a it's a Yerushalmi, it's a Medrash. It says that the luchos that when Hakadosh Baruch gave the luchos, the luchos was six tefachim long. It says two of them, Moshe Rabbeinu held on. Two of them, Hakadosh Baruch held on, and two of them were in no man's land. So. I guess if we can try to make something graphic that in no way is graphic, we'd have Akadish Baruch Hu holding on to part of it, sort of a tug of war. Moshe Rabbeinu holding on to part of it, and a gray area in the middle that sort of is neither here nor there. The explanation of it is as follows. Let's try to understand what we're talking about. Let's try to understand the point of it. The... Um, I, there are relationships with other people that are one way. Uh, a parent, especially with a young child, you tell the child what to do, you raise the child, you're giving to the child, um, and so on. You're, you're the authority figure, and that's a one way relationship. There's a relationship where somebody's giving to me, and he's the authority figure and bestowing upon me. Those, or, let's take another type of relationship. Let's say somebody taught me how to play piano. So as long as he's teaching me, he's teaching me. When, it's, when he's finished, when I've picked it up myself, I know myself how to play. Yes, I owe you a karasatov because I once didn't know how to play piano, now you've taught me how to play piano. But that's it. The relationship is over because I've gotten what I need to get, and it's, I can do it myself. I'm not, I, I don't keep you as my piano teacher uh, immemorial as this is my playing. I, I'm, I'm grateful, I, I owe you the thanks for it, and that's that. To have a real relationship, the, 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 the Balatanya gives an extraordinary picture of it, in a little bit of different context, but I just want to use the picture. He says, learning Torah, I am embracing a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is embracing me. And even though that's almost contradictory, it's either the embracing is always the larger one, but that's how it is. And he talks about it a little bit of a different facet. 
if I try to understand part of Tyra, so if Tyra was something like um, like any type of Chachma that we have, which is finite, so whether it's math or physics or piano or anything else, it's a body of a defined, it's defined, it's a defined knowledge. And I teach it to you, and you know it. And, and it's over with that. I discover more things, I teach that, and it's also over with it. All of these things are defined, and once it passes from the teacher to the one to the student, it's his. When you have something that never makes sense to the student, then, it, then, then it's not going to him either. But Torah is unique in the, in the fact that part of it m- makes sense, part of it I take on trust, and that keeps on moving forward. In other words, the more I learn, the more I absorb, the more I understand, the more it resonates with me, the more it becomes something that I feel is mine. And then there's the next piece ahead, which is coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is infinite. And therefore, what we, what we term his wisdom, his understanding, is infinite as well. And the point is not that I take it all on faith, because then it's never me. Then it's all it is is just HaKadosh Baruch Hu dumping stuff on me, and, and it's a one-way relationship. A one relationship is not a real bond. On the other hand, if it's finite, and then I understand all of it, it's, 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 it's gone and it's over with. And that's also not going anywhere. The only way in which I can have some real relationship is if there's a shoresh, if there's something coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu continuously. And the more I chew on it, and think about it, and understand it, it becomes more mine, then I have that continuous absorption of new material that's bonding me and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, in a, in, a, in a really fundamental way, Emuna and Yediya are both um, something that together only they describe what Torah is. Because if it's one without the other, we're missing one of the two. The, the, the picture that Chazal drew for us of, of Luchos being held on one side <coughs> um, of, by Moshe and one side by Kaddish Baruch Hu means there is a part of it, there's a part of Torah that's in Kaddish Baruch Hu's hands. I don't have it in my hands. I don't get it. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm taking it on faith. There's a part that is mine, and I really feel it that way, and so on. Well, let's <coughs> take an example, something we can relate to. The morale says, Rotux talks about Chukim, Mishpatim, and Edis. Let, let's, let's take example. Uh, he's, the the morale says as follows. There are three types of mitzvahs. There is Chok, which we say don't have a reason that we can easily, you know, put a finger on. There's Mishpat, which are the types of things we understand. And then there is Edis, which once explained makes sense to us. Let's go to Chok and so on. To try to explain to somebody on the outside, Kashris, it doesn't make any sense. And yes, and even if I tell somebody in a higher sphere, there's a higher part of your soul that's affected by the higher part of this and that, the other thing, you can repeat those words. 
I, I don't think that they make sense to anybody in the sense that we can easily absorb it. it it's, okay, I, I, you know, if I've got to take your word for it, I'll take your word for it. But, but I, I don't know what you're talking about. And the same thing with all the, the halakim of Torah that are called chok. They don't make sense to me. But when a person, it's easier, let's take something that's edus, which the morale says is the mid, is the mid type. Shabbos. The halachas of Shabbos, some of it are easy to explain, and they come close to being a mish- mishpah. Families together, nobody's doing anything else, and it's, it's quiet, this and that. And today, Hashem, with ecologically minded people, you're not using the car, no fuel, no, no, or maybe the child contributes to global warming, maybe not. <laughs> but Al-Kaponim, we can work out some sort of scheme of, of, of things that, that, that make sense. Some of it, the, all the halachas, it's very hard to explain to somebody why it should make sense. Somebody who's never seen Shabbos before. Very hard. But as a person gets into it, and he sees it in practice, practices it, learns the halachas, learns the details, somewhere along the line, it starts becoming um, sensible to the person. In a way that's hard to describe. Like, just like music or art, to somebody who's not naturally gifted, it doesn't automatically make sense why this is a good combination, it's not a good combination, but as you begin to get into it, it you sort of pick up on it, and, and it becomes part of your sense of things and your intuition. So the the um, the, the chalik of Torah that keeps is transfers, it goes from chok and becomes something that we can relate to, that's the part of Torah that that's the process. There's I, I once heard an, an added knech to the morale that in halacha, the halacha is when two people hold on to something. So each one is the 100% absolute owner on that which he's holding on to. So if two people, in the classic case of two people holding a garment, each one is holding it tight, the part that's in your hand is yours. If you have a bigger hand, you have a bigger chunk of it, and if you have a smaller hand, you have a smaller chunk. The part that's in the middle is in a halachic limbo, which requires, it's, it's considered a dual ownership and mandates that we separate it by splitting it. So, if someone added to the morale, that middle ground is, is, is it's, it's a dual ownership, so to speak, between us and HaKadosh Baruch So, the bond of Torah is realized when we're in a constant state of readiness to accept a new piece, a new layer of it, not, not a, another hal- there's no another halachas, but a new layer of understanding to start by accepting it on faith, and then slowly beginning to, to digest it until it becomes almost ours, and it, and it makes sense to us. Even learning, for those who have learned in yeshivas, um, the process of Amunas Chachamim, a Rebbe is not somebody that just translates words, even though you, 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 know, you have to start with translating words, and you have to trust the person that he knows the words he's translating. But let's get beyond that. Um, the most important thing for a Rebbe in, in Gemara and so on is to, to try to teach you what's an important point to consider and what's not important. What's a viable answer, not only because you'll have questions on it, but it makes <coughs> sense, and what's not? What's a deep point? 
and, and, and what's just a lot of talk to distinguish between a, a very deep and fine point or, or, or a bunch of words. Those are things that classically a Rebbe needs to teach Talmidim. You have to start by assuming your Rebbe knows what he's talking about. And, and, and without that, I don't know. You say it's very deep. I, I, I don't know. I think it does, it's just a swirl of, 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 of terms and words. Or vice versa. I don't know why you don't like it. I think I'm saying the right things. You need to have that level of a submission that I'm willing to consider it and to think about it. If I, you know, there's no other... If the point is instantly makes sense to me, then he's not my Rebbe. He's, he's just a book. He's simply information that was brought to me. That's not a Rebbe. A Rebbe means somebody that, that is, is giving over something. The same thing in Aruchas Chaim, in, in, in life. Uh, somebody to point out to me, the Mishaburah says you ought not to do that. That Rebbe is basically a computer search program. It's Yom for for bringing information to you. That's it. With that, it's always not a Rebbe. But somebody that points out and says, you know, the thrust of where you're going to needs change. Um, it, it, it's, it's something about it. You seem to you think you're doing good things, but really something else is at work, and so on. You, you need to accept that on trust because obviously if he's, if he's telling you something that you think differently and you the, the, considering that point to consider that point, you need to accept that it's valid and to think about it. On the other hand, if you only live with, with, with just he said, he said, he said, it hasn't become your Torah yet. It, it hasn't become... to. To, to, to direct people's lives forever is not what a Rebbe is supposed to do with a Talmud. He's not supposed to be running their lives. He's supposed to be giving them the insights so that they understand what's right and what's wrong. And it might be a continuous process. It's just like if my Rebbe is growing constantly, then I, you know, yes, I've run the kilometer to catch up with him, but he's run a kilometer to pass me. And now he's two kilometers ahead of me. There, there is a continuous, but, but it's moving forward, and I've gained the ground that, that I've moved forward on. So, so, so the others the, 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 the gave in Klal Yisrael the pillar of Amuna, And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him. Amuna means the being able to understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu's actions even when it has... It, I can't make it meaningful for me. <coughs> Avram Avinu could not make HaKadosh Baruch Hu's promises meaningful to him in his lifetime. And neither could Yitzhak, neither could Yaakov. Chaval Adom Ashtakel, it's not because they were, they were bad guys, they were great guys and you're second rate, Chasashal. It means the Mahalach of Amuna is a Mahalach that is going to be in some ways contested by the Mahalach of Torah and Yedia, and it's missing. In the world of Yedia, we're lacking there. Yes, uh, somebody once told me, I, I had a neighbor of mine, um, a wonderful boy. He grew up in Uruguay. His father was a breast of a chassid, of the old type. He didn't wear chassidish, but he was a chassidisher. He went to Uruguay, became a shochet, and he realized very rapidly that his kids in Uruguay are not going to remain from. And if he wants to have 
um, children that are Shomer Torah Mitzvahs in Yidin, he's going to have to send them away. His wife passed away fairly young, and he sent off this, my neighbor, Moshe Mjernik, um, at the age of eight, alone to Yisrael, to be raised in Yisrael, but the others in Panovich, as a Yosem, because he felt that's the only hope that he has for him to go. And the him, and he had a sister. He had, has a sister. I, um, he became later subsequently a son of Goldwich, son of Rachel, and passed away as a fairly young person a few years ago, in the late 50s, I guess. Um, very big Tamchach, very harsh person. But he was once telling me his father lived with him in his last years. His father was one of the most stubborn people you've ever met. And there were things, he, he, was, he was not a well person. He had sugar problems, and he would sometimes just collapse on the ground. And he would fast Mondays and Thursdays, and Erev Chodesh, and Bahabs, and this, and that, and all sorts of things. And his son would argue with him, and tell him, you must eat, I'm passing you, you must go eat. And the father would say, I will not eat on Bahab, I'll not eat on this, I'll eat that. So, he once told me, the son once told me, he said, no, if my father had been half the time at Chacham I am, he would have been Machal Shabbos a long time ago. He, he said, he, what saved him is that all he had was the stubborn, you know, his knowledge was never clear what he did. There was a certain stubbornness about what's right, and this is it, and so on. That's the pillar of Amuna, And that's the, that was the dark of the Avais. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted it to transition to the other half, where you have two Tfachim in your hands as well. And that's where Moshe Rabbeinu filled in that part. So I think when HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him Atatira, I think the point was not an Onish, but he was telling him, your Mida of Torah, of Yediyah, of knowing it, can never become the be-it-all of Yiddishkeit. Because you yourself are going to see a half a promise and not a fulfillment. It, 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 you know, it's now, for this phase, you, the Baal is going to see a full phase of it, and you'll understand what had happened. And, 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 and that's because you're Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu's Torah means, with, with going out of Mitzrayim, you're going to understand the Mafreya from Brejus to here. But you yourself are also going to need the meat of Amuna because, because for, later, for later on, it, um, you're not going to see the full end of that either. So whether it was a prediction, however you want to understand it, um, maybe Moshe Rabbeinu was <coughs> destined to contact Israel, but not to defeat those Malachim. I don't know. You know there, there, are, there are a lot of ways of understanding it. But Akhoponim, the main, the main thing was, uh, th- that was the... I, I want to finish, maybe there's, there's, there's Ramesh Kodavira says on, on the Rashi here, he says he, Rashi says that they were not Mahar Achamidosai that's the Lashon, again, it's, it's the Gemara this Rashi brings that Lashon and he says Atatira here Harta Almidosai Loikavram and so on so Ramak says that you are allowed and supposed to think within HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Midas. In other words, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Megala something, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I am now giving you something good, I need to ask myself, what is the good about it? But when I'm talking about beyond the Midas, there's, a, there's room for thinking, discussing, debating, understanding. And then there's room for what's beyond that. 
and therefore the two have to be kept separate. The Mahara Al says means beyond my Midos. You ask me now, what's my avoda? what am I supposed to do now? That's open for discussion and question. But when you're talking about a bigger picture, that's up to me. Akaponim, I guess, to, to just bring it down to somewhat uh, a Lamaisa, it, it's like all, like in all areas where we need to hold on to two almost conflicting middles, Torah and the essence of Torah contains both. There's no area in Yiddishkeit that demands as much sense of ourself as learning does. If it doesn't make sense to me, then I, don't, then I didn't learn the sugya. Learning the sugya means not only knowing information, but having the information down in a way that I feel comfortable with it, that I, that, that, that I understand it. Torah is about the idea which is understanding. On the other hand, Torah is built on the fact that it's Torah Hashem, and that the validity of it rests because HaKadosh Baruch Hu said so. And it's very hard. In, in as much as we have one, we're sort of missing the other. There's, there's almost a, a, a trade-off on it of, 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 you know, one over the other. The only way, it, 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 but the only way in which it's Torah Hashem and it gives a person the special bond with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is when it's Mizeh Mizeh, when you have both of them together. Um, it's very interesting, Reb Chaim Velazhin, when there was, we'll finish this, there was a, there was a conflict amongst the Rosh Hashivas of the last 200 years or so about learning Musr and how to integrate it in, in, in a Yeshiva curriculum. And the Musr movement pressed very strongly on Chassidus in its way to make special limudim um, special set aside special sfarim and times to learn a, a year about Yerush Hashem, and from Rabbi Chaim Velazhin onwards, there was a school that resisted it for many reasons. But and, and Rabbi Chaim Velazhin's suggestion was: any time you feel your Yerush Shemayim weakening, you need to close your Gemara and learn Musa then, and and so on. He he felt it not a structured separate limud, but rather mixed in together. There are many reasons. There are many reasons for that machlokas, why, when. I, I'd like to add that Rav Chaim Volazhin, I think, was trying to emphasize that if Yerushalayim is seen as something separate from learning, then we have a problem also in the learning itself. Because it, it, it's not only that they were against making a whole fuss about it as if it's a, as, as far as the Musa goes. I think the other part of it is, is it, it, Chazal, in the middle of a Masechta, bringing all sorts of Musa and Yerushalayim. With, it just haphazardly seems to us. Not, it just mixed in. There's no separate Masechta of Agaritis. Ben um, Yaakov was taken out for people who, who needed to learn it. But, but Chazal mixed it together because it has to be in Torah itself. The person... As a person is learning and breaking his head to understand and intellectually acquiring it and, and, and making it part of his self, the person also keeps, has to keep recognizing that this, this is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's understanding. And, and then I have where to go the next step and, and, and get the next piece and now try to make that integrate that in myself and so on and so forth. 
the, the, when at this crossroad, this important crossroad where Kaddish Baruch Hu told Meish Rabbeinu, you will bring knowledge and clarity to the world like no one else had. The, the, the level of sense of HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be, will be like seeing. It's not going to be hearing secondhand. You're going to perceive it in a clarity that we can only say is as clear as seeing something. And yet, you yourself are going to need a Muna. In the big picture, you don't see the big picture either. There is nobody living that sees the entire picture because it's impossible. <laughs> I feel the loss of the pillars of Emuna, and you yourself, Moshe Rabbeinu, are going to need to recourse to the Emuna of the others to make your Torah complete Torah. I never really understood that matter. So he has a different matter. He, he, he uses a lot of times, what I heard was a Kedusha Rim. Of, of all the people your father said, also I see what things he have also. I'm here for uh, my brother. Had a, had a baby girl. Oh, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov.